This is a time for change. This is a time for awakening. This is a time for an unfolding of who you truly are. This is a time to evolve into the being you were meant to be. This is your time. Hello everyone, welcome to Men on Fire. My name is Mike Wren, a former mechanic and engineer turned transformational teacher. And each week I'll deliver an inspiring message to help you excavate those repressed inner negative feelings and install new thoughts that will finally allow you to truly become the person you were born to be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Men on Fire here on Soul Mechanic TV and Soul Mechanic Radio. Today is a very special day. Ten years ago today, my mother passed away. And yesterday was my dad's birthday. So it's kind of a special time of year for me. And my mother passed away from lung cancer, and so did my father, for all you smokers out there. They were smokers. And luckily, my mom didn't have to go through the long, drawn-out affair my dad did, and he went through a lot of pain. My mom uh, really only had a few days of that as, uh, you know, she couldn't breathe much anymore we had to bring her in to the hospital there was no rooms in the icu and we had her on a ventilator and very much probably like what's going on today in uh, in in uh, with the covid 19 in, in the icus so we were on emergency ward and it had been like what the second day and she wasn't getting any better her lungs kept filling up and kept draining them she was on the best antibiotics they could conjure up and it wasn't getting any better. So this doctor asked me, maybe it would be better if we just took your mom off the ventilator and she would slowly pass away. And of course, that was news I didn't want to hear, but I knew that was probably the inevitable. But um, I, I, I couldn't tell her that at this, at this point, I could not tell her that. So I said, well, you tell her, I'm not telling her. And so he said, okay. So he went up close to her ear and told her cause she couldn't speak at this point anymore. She could barely write something on a piece of paper, maybe to communicate, but he told her and I just saw her eyes go huge. And then her head shaking, no, 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 I don't want to die, is what she was telling him. She couldn't say it, but I saw it in her face. I don't want to die. And like most of us, none of us do. But many times we don't think about that unless we're actually confronted with death at the last minute or the last throngs of it. And we say, I'm not ready because many times most of us are not ready. 
we still feel we have more to accomplish. Anyway, just to finish the story, the next day, she did get a bed in ICU. She was worse. Um, we were, were able to visit her and talk to her at least, but she wasn't responsive. And I remember her looking over as I was leaning over the bed, speaking with her and her eyes were open, but her pupils were just, you know, so dilated. It was encompassed her whole, her whole uh, eye. And she was looking over my shoulder. And I don't know what she was looking at, but with all this anxiety she was having with this, she suddenly felt very calm and uh, accepting. And I, I don't know what she was seeing, but she just, I could just tell by her, her, her reactions that she was calming and she liked what she saw and uh, it was it's like an acceptance almost at that point and when we left and came back a little bit later um, I only have one sibling my sister and uh, we had gone and came back attended to a few things and came back and uh, we were there early in the morning and uh, she was not responsive so uh, the doctor suggested that we take her off the ventilator and she would probably pass away quietly within a couple of minutes. And my sister couldn't make that decision. Um, and so it was kind of up to me and I, uh, I said, yeah, I think that's what we need to do. So we did that. And when they took her off the ventilator, it took her over eight and a half minutes to stop breathing, not just a couple like the doctor had thought. So my mom, always the battler, kept on going. Although I knew she'd accepted it already in her in her heart, in her mind, but she kept on going. And uh, we sang to her as, uh, as she was passing away. And uh, it was a very sad moment, but also a very happy moment because I know what happens when we die. And that sounds kind of weird, but you know, later on after being in some deep meditations, I, I saw my mother, I saw my father who had previously passed away seven years before her. And they, they showed me what's going on up there and not to worry. Everything's cool. Everything's good. And speaking uh, with and reading about different people who have had near-death experiences or NDEs, they bear this out almost 100% that when they came back, these are the things that they went through. So I wanted, didn't really want to talk about death today, although to me, it's not death. To me, that day, then we, when we change form from our physical bodies to our spiritual bodies, I think that is just continuation day, because our body, our life just continues. We don't stop. But what I wanted to talk about the topic today is called "Die While You're Alive." 
So there's a quote by Rumi, a great Sufi poet, that says, the day that you were born, a ladder was set up to help you escape from this world. And I believe my mom saw that ladder and knew everything was going to be okay. You know, so to die while we're alive will give us the only real opportunity then that we will ever have to get outside of this this package that we're in, this shell that we're in, this, this cage, if you will, that houses us just temporarily. So to die while you're alive is to understand, to not fear death. Although we don't want to die. I'm not saying that I don't fear death, so I'm just going to walk in front of this car. That's not the point. The point is we don't have to fear it because we know we're not really dying. So a little bit more of that in a second, but I wanted to relate a story to you about um, a parrot and uh, a gentleman that was a, a, a traveler that traveled around the world and always kind of uh, looked at different um, things and animals and enjoyed nature so much. And it's a story that Wayne Dyer has told many times and uh, I wanted to repeat it for you here. So this traveler went to Africa at one time and he was seeing all sorts of beautiful animals and monkeys in the trees and beautiful multicolored parrots in the trees. And he decided, I'd love to have one of those parrots at home. So they captured one, took it home. He went back to his home and he had the parrot. And for a couple of years, you know, he treated the parrot very well, fed it uh, seeds and honey and all those things that it, it wanted very much. And then the time came that he was to travel back to Africa. And he said to his parrot, is there a message that you would like me to give to any of your brothers and sisters I see, because I'm going to the same region where I got you. And the parrot said, yes, could you please tell them that I'm so happy here in my cage and uh, I live a good life and I wish them all very well. He said, very well, I'll do that. So when he got back to Africa in the jungle and he saw his uh, uh, the same area and he saw some of the parrots, he, he motioned up to them in the trees and started talking and said, I'm here to give you a message from your friend that I took home with me. He says he is living very well and he's very happy where he is in my home, in his cave. And with that, there was one parrot where the tears just welled up in his eyes and then he fell from the tree and plop, hit the ground. And the traveler didn't know what to make of this. So when he got back home, he told his parrot what had happened, told him the story about the tears welling up and then falling out of the tree. He says, I don't know, I guess he was just so upset that he died on the spot. And then he looked at his own parrot in the cage and suddenly its eyes started to well up and bang, it fell off its perch right into the bottom of the cage. And the traveler didn't know what to do. He panicked a little bit and tried to shake the bird, but it wouldn't respond. So he took it outside and he threw it on the trash heap. But then as soon as the parrot hit the trash heap, it came awake again, flew up to the nearest tree on the branch and looked back at the traveler. And the traveler now was a little ticked off, said, Hey, 
What are you doing? You tricked me. He said, that's right. My friend in the jungle sent me a very, very important message. He says, what's that? Dying while you're alive is the best thing that you can do. So it's kind of a long parable slash story, um, I know, but it, 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 I think it's a beautiful story that illustrates that if we die while we're alive, we can release ourselves from the cage that we've put ourselves in, that help, society helps build for us. And most of us carry this fear of death. For, for the most part, um, for most of us, that means the loss of our body, our physical existence. But society has also told us that when we die, we could die just by losing a relationship or a job or a dream. We fear them all, really. So it's not just the death of our body, but the death of things within our life. We fear all of that. And we've been taught to do that, but we don't have to. We, all we are is energy. It's been proven over and over and over again. We are full of energy, and this energy can never truly die, right? Because energy can never be created, can never be destroyed. It just always is. And it, it's like when you use water as an example. If you have uh, an ice cube and it's frozen, right? So that's a certain state that the water is in, a frozen state. When I take that ice cube out and I put it in a frying pan on the stove, eventually it starts to melt. I turn the stove on and it turns into water quite quickly, doesn't it? So now it's a second state, a liquid state of the water, which is probably the state we're more used to, right? And then if I keep turning the stove up though, it starts to boil. It starts to boil off and it becomes vapor or steam. And that's the third state that water can achieve. And we are really 70, depending on who you talk to, 70, 80, 90% water. So we will change state when we pass away, just like an ice cube did change to water and steam from solid to liquid to vapor. And that's what will take place for our our, our energy, we will be released, and I, and I think we're really, in society at least, we're in like frozen form, we're like ice cubes. We don't really know much about ourselves, we only know enough to exist in our minds, in this matrix that has been created for us, screwing about being consumers, buying stuff that we don't really need. So. What does really happen then when we die? Our body dies, our moral concept of the time and space that we know of today dies. Our limited concept of perception of who we are dies. But that's about it. Our body just returns to the ground. It's a carbon-based form that will return to the ground, dust to dust, right? The body will just decompose, that's all. 
but your energy, your spirit will transform from being in your body in a solid form to a spiritual form again. So you might think of that as the, the, uh, the water turning into vapor. But really, that, that's all that dies is our body and our concept of time and space and, and, and our perceptions of who we are in physical form. But that's it. That's all that really dies. So if dying is just releasing of all, this, all these limited beliefs, then why not get on with it now? And that's the whole point of today's discussion. Why not get on with dying while we're alive? And this is what all the great teachers and wisdom traditions were trying to teach us over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. When we fear death and try to hold on to our mortal sense of ourselves, we are limiting ourselves because of our fear of death. We're afraid to do the things that would open us up to, to things like love and compassion and kindness. Because there's certain ways we're supposed to live our lives. That's what people have told us. The friends have told us, family members, you're supposed to be like this. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you conforming? Well, if you died while you were alive, you will conform, but maybe not to their ideals. And you will also transform. I mean, our life energy can't fully expand in us because of our fear of death. Just like the fear of failure holds you back from doing things now. Right? We all have the fear of failure. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable where I am. I don't think I want to try that new job. Hmm. I don't want to think I, I, I want to buy that motorcycle. Uh, I don't want to try kayaking or bungee jumping or skydiving or no, no, I, I don't want to. I'm a little bit afraid, afraid I might fail if I, if I ask that girl out, you know, I might, I might fail at doing that. So this fear of failure constantly holds us back. But that's really only in the physical sense, isn't it? It's the same thing though with our fear of death because we're so afraid that we're going to die and we're going to die without accomplishing everything we wanted to do in this life. And really there isn't much to do in this life. All you have to do is be you. Be the best you you can be. Serve others. Be kind, compassionate, loving. That's what you really need to do. I know in today's society, we need to make a living. We need to make some money. That's what we use today to exchange for things like a roof over our head, some transportation, food to eat. And that's all well and good. But you can do all those things while being loving, kind, compassionate, releasing that fear death. Just be you. That's all you have to do. It's so simple. But many of us don't realize that we're trying to be somebody else. We're our job when people ask you, well, um, who are you? Well, my name is Mike. I'm an engineer. I'm a millwright. No, it's not I am anything. It's I work as an engineer. I work as a millwright. That's not who I am. My name is not even who I am. 
I'm a spiritual being here to discover beautiful and great things that I can't do in spiritual form. So I came here to physical form in order to discover all that, have those feelings, those emotions, those beautiful emotions, how no matter how cursed they are sometimes, they're the life breath of us. We want to feel things, right? How often have you heard people say it's not what people say, it's how they make you feel. And I'm hope I'm making you feel something now. You might think, well, this is all just bunk and you're an idiot. Well, you're feeling something, so I made you feel something, didn't I? But I'm hoping you're expanding your thoughts on this a little bit and thinking of maybe there's something to what he's saying. But I want to get back to that meditation I talked about where things were revealed to me that what happens when we die. And there's three stages or, or phases, if you will. And in the first stage, you realize that you are no longer in your body. And you're separate from it, but you also now realize that life goes on. So, you know, you've, you've, we've seen it in movies even, but they get this idea from many people to talk about near-death experiences, right? That they may be laying there on an operating table and then, or, or you pass away during the operation and then they float above their body. They're looking down on everybody and they're going, well, isn't that me? I can hear everybody talking, but I can't talk to them. So many times you can read about it, look them up. And that's what's happening. So now you're realizing that you're no longer in your body. But then you go, whoa, I'm still me. I'm still life form, right? So then you move on to stage two or phase two, a phase two of death, where you will move through whatever you have decided while you were in physical form. So to give you an example, it's whatever you decided that was going to happen when you passed away, right? That might be your religious beliefs, that might be your uh, lack of religious beliefs, that might be whatever you talked about with friends or decided what was right for you. So if you decided there was going to be big bright white, white lights and a comforting feeling, that's what you'll experience. If you have decided there will be absolutely nothing, just blackness, that's what you'll experience. If you decided there'll be somebody on uh, some kind of throne that will judge you, that's what you'll experience. If you've decided that there's burning fire and you're in a bad place, that's what you'll experience. But you'll only experience it temporarily because once you look at it again and realize, just like you did when you left your body, that this is not permanent. This is just where you are because it's still, you're still hooked up to your way your brain thought. And you go, oh, this is what I thought it would be like, but it's not. I'm still alive. Nothing hurts. Nobody's judging me. I just need to move on. And then you get into stage three. And the third stage, you'll merge with your essence, the energy of what everything is. You will become spirit 
once again and become one with all of everything. And ultimately, you are simply returning home. Because this is where your journey began before you came down to earth in physical form. You were in a spiritual form and decided that you needed to go to a physical form and experience all those juicy emotions we talked about, right? So you go from spiritual form back down to physical form. Everything slows down in the physical form. When we're in spiritual form, everything's immediate. You can be anywhere in, in, in an instant. So time and space as we think about it does not exist when we're in spiritual form. So I talked about this uh, actually in, uh, in my books, my two books, and the third one's coming out soon. It's called You're the One. If you want to look it up uh, on Amazon or uh, my website, micaren.com as well. I talked about these things in my, my book as well, which is actually an actual action adventure novel that you might enjoy. And as I said, these near-death experiences bear all this stuff out. And I, I saw this in a meditation when my mom and my father came to me and other things they showed me too. But I don't want to get too in-depth in this, but really, if you could die while you're alive and decide that you are the most creative source the universe is every created and you can create your life anywhere you want it and there's nothing that you really have to do but be you and enjoy yourself while you're here and it's that simple and when we die it's just physical death we're going somewhere great so don't fear that but I know that if the point comes where I'm dying, I won't want to die because that's all built in us. It's an innate response that we physically have. Otherwise, we wouldn't take care of ourselves at all. So I won't want to die, but I know that when I do, everything's just fine. So I hope I gave you something to think about today. I hope I made you feel something, whether that's good, bad, or the other. So thank you so much for listening today. I love you, and I hope to see you again very soon in another episode of Men on Fire here on Soul Mechanic TV or Soul Mechanic Radio. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, keep what feels good and dump what doesn't. And remember, live without judgment, give without expectation, and love for no reason. Follow those three simple expressions and you'll be well on your way to an inspirational, intentional, and successful life. Until next time, you're the one.